I'm John. I'm Kevin. This is Brandon, and you're listening to The Sports Project. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Brandon, John, Kevin, and today we have a special, special, special guest appearance, the first one on The Sports Project, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Flex Simmons. Six foot tall, 190 pounds, hometown Dunn, North Carolina. Flex Simmons, also known as the greatest physique in pro wrestling, is no stranger to the old school mindset of hard work and dedication, which has been part of his craft in building the greatest physique in pro wrestling. He started off as a 90-pound kid in the weight room, and now he's training pro wrestling from Ring of Wars Carolina and is now wrestling for Ring of Honor. Let's welcome Flex Simmons to the show. Hey, Flex, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys having me. That was a great intro, by the way. Thanks, thanks. You know, only only for someone like yourself. The greatest intro for the greatest physique. I'll take it. Hey, that's it, man. So welcome. There you go. We got some skills around here. Yeah, we try. <laughs> All right, Flex. So welcome to the show. So you want to start out by kind of telling us your background a little bit and who you are? Um, Sure. So, I mean... We could end the podcast right now by just saying I'm the greatest physique in pro wrestling. I mean, it really doesn't need to go farther than that. All right. Hey, mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) It's already called it. But outside of that, when you say background, what are you looking for specifically? Just kind of your journey, uh, where you started pro wrestling. How did you get started? Yeah. you know, How did you get started on this journey? In your bio, it says you're a 90-pound kid in the weight room. So, like – How'd you yeah, go from – how'd you gain 100 pounds of just raw muscle and pure sex appeal to become the greatest physique in pro wrestling? I mean, I'd like to say it was genetics, but unfortunately, I'm no Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm better. <laughs> Not better. Um, yeah, man. When I, was in, when I was in high school, I was just tiny, man, and I got bullied and picked on a lot, so I got tired of it. And I was like, you know what? I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going to get bigger than these guys. I'm going to get more shredded than these guys, and I'm going to eat their words one day. Um so pretty much I went on from high school. I was a walk-on for a football team in college, and that's where I really started gaining size. And okay. Then, what college you, uh, did you play college ball for? Uh, North Greenville University. Okay, down in South Carolina, right? Yes. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so we got a college athlete too, huh? That's what's up. A dual sport athlete. Okay, what was your other sport? Male cheerleading. Okay, okay. Oh. Is that where the physique came from? I, I'd like to think so. I think I, I, I think there's some novelty in throwing uh, 100-pound girls up in the air constantly. Hey, look, I've seen the male cheerleaders, man. I you know I want that body too, so I'm I'm not even hating. Right. Well, don't worry, I'll touch on this a little bit more. But I'm also a strength coach outside of here. I'll help you with that. All right. <laughs> Hopefully, you can afford me. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to talk, man. This whole COVID-19 has got everybody a little locked down. I'll just take the proceeds from the podcast. How about that? Hey, there we go. go. We'll talk talk percentages. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, so, yeah, that was probably the next step was um, I started working at a gym after graduation. Um, I was front desk initially. The fitness manager that we had at the time just left with no notice. So the district manager walks in and says, I'm promoting you to the fitness manager. And I'm like, oh. Okay, cool. So as part of that, I thought, well, if I'm going to be selling personal training, I think a good way to sell it would be to know what the hell I'm doing with it. So why don't I become a personal trainer? So then the rest is history from there. I went and got my first so, certification from NASM. So and, flex, so flex, yeah. flex, my man. So what you're telling me is you're not only the greatest physique in pro wrestling, 
but you were also leading others to have the greatest physique in their daily lives. Well, let's correct what you said there, because since I'm the greatest physique, there can't be a replica of me. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, that's fair. Yep, they, yep. Can all, they can get close, but they'll never be me, if that makes sense. Okay, just so an all-American guy taking care of the people. I like it. Yeah. but it's So more like, like a generic version. Yeah, like 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 you go to Walmart and get the great value brand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he's he's Tostitos, and everybody else is great value. Absolutely. The great value physiques. I like it. I think that's a new tagline. <laughs> that that would be a good name. If I if I ever have any of you manage me, that's your name. There you go. <laughs> great value physique. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I started with the uh, NASM certification train there. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I took the small town gym from two trainers and barely four grand a month to uh, when I left, it was bringing in 10K a month for the full training staff. I don't want to brag because it was because of my physique and people wanted to look like me, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, so then I left there. And among that same time when I was working at the gym, I, uh, well, let me backtrack a little bit more. So I've always loved wrestling. Ever since I was a kid, Stone Cold made me fall in love with the business. Just his entire feud with Big Man just had me like, oh, dude, this is so cool. I want to be like this guy. I want to beat people up. And as I got into college, of course, you think I want to be in the WWE one day. I want to be a pro wrestler. But nobody ever really, like, tells you right away how to get into it. So I had no idea. So right. I started Googling how to become a pro wrestler. And... uh the options that I found were, um, you know, you could obviously be the son or daughter of someone already famous in the business. That obviously didn't happen. Um, you could be a genetic freak and get picked up by them just because they like your look. Again, at the time, that wasn't me. I am now. They're lost. Or you could find a pro wrestling school and start training. One day get signed. So I was like, hey, let's try that one. So I started Googling independent wrestling promotions in North Carolina. And this is where a bump in the road kind of happened because the page that I Googled, it had a bunch of, a bunch of academies on there. But when I called the numbers, they were either disconnected or they were the wrong numbers. So it was pretty much a a worthless website of phone numbers. I'm also a Christian. So I said, God, if this is actually something you want me to do, open the door for it. So I talked to the district manager that I was working for at the time one day, and I was telling him, like, yeah, man, I want to get into it. I just don't know how. And all, what do you know? He tells me, hey, you know one of our trainers is actually a pro. Like, what? No way. And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's not working today. He's like, I just hired him, but when he comes in, I'll have him talk to you. So it was, uh, it was my break that day. I went home. I was taking a nap. Uh, I got woken up by the phone. So I answered it. And only thing he said was, hey, get back to the gym. And so I'm thinking, you know, maybe I got maybe somebody, you know, wants training or something like that. He needs me for something. So I'll go there and he's like, hey, you remember the pro wrestler, dude? I was like, yeah. He's like, that's him over there. Go introduce yourself. So I started talking to him. He told me about uh, Ring Wars, you know, the, the dates and times that they met up. And he said, all you got to do is show up, start training and go from there. So I was like, okay, cool. So I think that was a, I think that was a Monday that that happened. Uh, at the time, their training schedule was Wednesdays and Sundays. So 
that Wednesday uh, at 6 p.m. I made sure to get to the gym a little bit early because you always want to make a good impression. Um, I walked in. Of course, as soon as I walk in, everybody's looking at me like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> um, Little did so they know. Yeah, right? So I go up, uh, go to the guy that you could just tell by the way they were interacting. He was the coach. Um, his name was Hangtime. So I walked up to him. I was like, hey, man. I was like, you know, this guy told me about this place. Um, I'd like to start training. And the first thing he asked me, which threw me off, he's like, what's your tolerance for pain? And I was like, um, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me that. He's like, what do you think it is? So, honestly, I can be, I told him, I was like, five, six, maybe higher. I don't know. Nobody's ever really tested my limits. You know, now right. I'm sitting there like, is this dude about to whoop my ass? You oh, haven't yeah. been with an older woman yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so he's like, okay. He's like, our next training session's on Sunday. He's like, get some wrestling shoes. He's like, um, show up and be ready to go. So I'm thinking, okay, cool. You know, I'm excited. I go on Amazon that day, order me some wrestling shoes, make sure it's next day delivery so I can have them. So Sunday rolls around, and I, I get there early again. And uh, he's already there. There's a couple other students there. And, you know, they're all on the outside stretching or whatever. I was so excited that I wore my shoes in the court to get there. So when I went in, <laughs> I just hopped in the ring. I, I started stretching and I was ready to go. Um, and that was my first mistake. So <laughs> in wrestling, for anybody that's listening and doesn't know, it's a common courtesy to greet everybody in the locker room of everywhere you go as soon as you get there. So whether that be, you know, fist bump, handshake, you at least go and acknowledge right. everybody. Obviously, I had never been introduced to wrestling culture, so I didn't know. And nobody happened to tell me when I came in. So I got told to take my shirt off. And I was just like, okay, maybe they wrestle with their shirts off all the time. So I'm not thinking anything of it. He's like, pick a corner. And oh, I was ooh. like, okay. okay. So I ended up picking a corner. And next thing you know, each person, he told me, he's like, when you came in here, whose hand did you shake? I was like, I didn't shake anybody's hand. He's like, and that was your first mistake. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so uh, next thing I know, everybody, including him, and if you know hang time, you don't want to get chopped by hang time because his chops are like the worst to ever take. Like not because he's intentionally trying to hurt you, but just because he's so good at them. So everybody, including hang time, gave me a left-handed chop, a right-handed chop, and an overhand chop. Woo! But you bet you walked out of there pretty bruised up and beat up. Oh, that was just the beginning of practice. I was about to say, I think that's the beginning. Came in ready to work and got his (laughs) chest beat up in the first 10 seconds. And the worst part is the entire time, I'm honestly tearing up inside, ready ready to just burst out and start crying because I never had that much pain consistently at one time in my life but in my head i'm like don't fucking cry don't fucking cry (laughs) you can't let them see it so i kept taking it and then it wasn't done there so next thing you know he tells me to sit on the ground to spread my legs lean forward keep my back nice and straight and to grab the inside of my thighs so i'm like okay this is weird but okay and next thing you know he 
kicks the absolute shit out of my back. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And not only did he kick my back, but just like the chops, everybody came and gave me a left leg kick and a right leg kick. Oh, gosh. And so finally, once all that was done, he said, now the next time you come in here, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to shake everybody's hand. Yep, everybody, everybody's getting two handshakes. Hey, look, y'all getting, y'all getting the fist bump in the Man, so you, caught, you caught those hands from, from day one. Yeah, Brian Strowman didn't even train yeah, That's the yeah. crazy part. And later on, he was like, that was honestly just a test. He's like, I saw potential in you from day one. And I knew you were going to do good things. So it was kind of one of those things like, yeah, but did you have to kick my ass that much? But, you know, we're here. Well, it's kind of a rite of passage thing. I mean, everybody's kind of got to go through it and take the take the lumps, take the hits, you know, to to, to get to those next steps and to, to prove to everybody that, that you do have what it takes and you do have that grit and that hard work that's going to propel you to the next level. A hundred percent. And that I'm – a visual and a hands-on learner like I either have to see it or I have to do it myself and wrestling's a uh, one of those things where to me that's the best way to learn at, at least just in my experience um, so I picked up on things pretty quick um, people that I've seen come into the training academy after me you know some of them they're like some of them take a little bit longer just to get the bumps down but like the first bump I took I hit it solid. Like, obviously it wasn't perfect, but, um, yeah, I just caught on the things pretty quickly. So I got to, you know, uh, next thing before I know it, I think it was like my second or third practice in, I, they already had me doing mini matches. But yeah, I just always picked up stuff quick. I still do pick up things quick to this day. I might have to do it a couple of times, but I kept training, kept putting in the work. Um, and then we had a, um, occasion where our trainer brought in Joey Mercury for to take us through a seminar at the school. So obviously, you know, former WWE guy, I'm obviously I'm going to take him up on it. So I signed up for the seminar and at the end of the seminar, uh, somebody asked Joey, they said, Hey, you know, can we send our matches to walk for you to watch and critique? And he's like, well, I'm not going to sit there and just watch them for free. Cause if I did that, that's all I do with my life. Because people always send me matches. He's like, you can pay me for coaching and I'll watch it. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to take this guy up on that. Because obviously, you know, he's been a lot of play. A week or so after, I sent him one of my matches. And obviously, he gave me the critiques. One of the things I love about Joey is Joey's a perfectionist. But that's just because he wants you and the product to be really good. He gave me my critiques. And yeah, that was it for the first one. Uh, oh, no. That... um. After that match, he had given me probably one of the – was it that match or the next one? Yeah, it was the next one. Sorry. So, took those critiques, applied them. I think I had like two matches maybe after that first one I sent him. So, um, after I sent him the second one, he was like, you've gotten a lot better since the last time I talked to you. How many matches have you had since then? And I told him I was like, just like maybe two. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I just did what you told me. <laughs> like, I'm a pretty coachable person. If you tell me to do something because it'll be better, I'll do it. And um, so he was really impressed, uh, impressed with that. And then he gave me one, one of the best compliments I had ever had at the time. You know, he told me, you know, you're way better. Or he's like, how old are you? And I said, I'm 25. I think I was 25 at the time. 
And he told me, he's like, you're way better at 25 than you have the right to be. And I was just like, oh, shit. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I don't know if you're telling me that to make yeah, that's me feel pretty, better or not, but I, I love that's it. That's pretty big. Way. So, yes. From the time you started Ring Wars Carolina to your first match, what was that time frame? Uh, I okay. think it was like a month or two. And that was, like I said, I caught on to things quickly. So the fact that they trusted me that soon, I was. Yeah, that speaks, that speaks volumes about your entering ability. That's, that's incredible. Uh, you know, you often hear times stories about people. They wait months to a year to to get their first match on a show, um, and so that's pretty remarkable. Just shows kind of how good you are at what you do. So, from your first match until you yeah. sent this video into Joey Mercury, what was the time period for that? Would you say? So that one was a little bit longer, just because um, uh, when I when I was in college is when I started training with Ring Wars. So okay, I messed up the previous timeline when I found ring wars I okay. was in college not when i was working at the gym now it's coming back to me and that was summer of 2014 um i had just come home for summer break and that's when i found ring wars so pardon pardon me on that one for having my information wrong um what was the question you asked me? hey Sorry, no worries ADHD. man no worries um so the time period from when you first got your first match to kind of when you got this this praise and kind of hey this is you're doing really well you know, you're better at 25 than you should be. What was that time frame from the, from the first match until that point? So that was 2018, 2017, 2018. No, yeah, 2018. Sorry. Cause he came in February of 2018 to give us the seminar. Um, that was 2014, about four. Okay. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable too. In four years, you're, you're going from being pretty green in the ring and, and not really knowing a ton, having your first match, getting praised from Joey Mercury saying, Hey, you're way better than you should be at 25 and, and, you know, kind of moving on. So what happens, what happens next? What's next in the flex seven timeline? You get this, you know, from Joey Mercury, what comes next? Uh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, sitting in that first match, he gave me my critiques and the second one, he gave me the praise and the praise for being coachable. Um, so then after that, he had told me, he's like, Hey, he's like, you know, obviously keep this to yourself for now. He's like, but ring of honor is getting ready to open up its own training dojo, kind of what they do at the PC, but it's going to be ring of honors. Um, he's like, they're bringing me in as one of the coaches and whenever that happens he's like uh they're gonna host a, a tryout for the opening weekend and um no promises or guarantees yet but i okay. do want you to be there so i'm like oh okay so you know obviously kept it quiet kept it to myself so then i sent him another match maybe a few weeks a month later and um I just applied everything that they'd given me from last time. And uh, he said the same thing. He was like, I really like how coachable you are because literally everything that I'm telling you, you're taking it and that speaks volumes to your character. And so um, after that, he was telling me, he's like, okay, this is the tryout weekend date. He's like, like I said, I want you to be there. And I didn't want to assume anything. So I just asked, okay, how much is it? I'll start, you know, putting back for it right now. He's like, you don't have to worry about that since I'm bringing you in. We can bring, as coaches, we can bring in one person each. 
that we want to see for free. So don't worry about that. Awesome, man. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you tell. So me, before cause... we dive too deep into the, the Ring of Honor stuff, let's talk a little bit more about Ring Wars Carolina. You know, looking through your profiles and kind of some matches, I saw that you were a No Limits champion. Like how that became about, you know, before we jumped super deep into the, you know, where you're currently at. Talk about a little bit of your time in Ring Wars Carolina. Talk us through winning your first championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that was actually, that was actually all of this stuff, the Ring Wars, the Ring of Honor segue, all this stuff happened okay. within okay. the same year. Because, <laughs> um, or no, within the same time frame. So at least one year, maybe two years difference because – like I said, when I was in college, I was in college in South Carolina. So obviously driving five hours for a training isn't really going to happen on a weekday. And even on the weekend, it wasn't going to happen because most of college yeah. didn't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't training while I was in school. I was only training during the winter and summer. And that always used to frustrate me because it was like, you know, I'd start getting the muscle memory get a, get good and then i'm off for like three or four months and i kind of come back and you know pick right back up and relearn it well not necessarily relearn everything but get the muscle memory back so it wasn't necessarily a backslide it was just inconsistency um so finally once i graduated in may of 2017 now it was like okay, all I got to do is get a job. Now I can wrestle full time. So that's where the price really started happening. And the other actual downside of it, which made it more difficult, and Brandon knows this because Brandon and I have been friends for a while, but I actually have two DUIs on my record. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, They're both um, over three years apart and all that is important for is knowing legally that each time I only lost my license for one year, thankfully because of them. Um, so it didn't affect me much when I got the first one. Cause that's when I was in college still. And I walked everywhere anyway. Um, but the second one made it hard because when I moved back home, I couldn't drive and I still didn't have my own car. I just made sure that I found a way to everything. Like, even though I didn't have a license for, most of 2017 and a little bit of 2018, I made every single training. I made every single show that we put on. I made every single uh, day at work. Like I never missed anything, even though like I had the excuse that I could have hid behind. You know what I mean? Um, it was very challenging. I spent a lot of time <laughs> giving people gas money, but <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Doubt. So you kind of can't overcame this adversity like, and, that- and you know these challenges. To, to keep moving forward in, in your career. That's that speaks volumes about kind of how dedicated you are to your, your craft, too. And yeah. that's where that part in the bio comes from because my, my whole life has been filled with a lot of adversity. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's pretty cool that, you know, you made a mistake, you realized you made a mistake, overcame the, the consequences that came with it and just powered through, you know, didn't use it as an excuse and... Just did what you had to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's essentially who I am, man. Um, like, uh, one of, uh, do you guys know who Austin Gunn is? I've heard the name. Yeah. Billy Gunn's son. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he was training at the dojo for a while before AEW signed him. And, um, <laughs> that's one of the things we were talking about. Just, you know, char- our characters and wrestling. We were just talking back and forth in practice. And he's like, you know, 
like you have so much emotion inside of you. He's like, you're just not bringing it out and harnessing it. He's like, you're literally one of those people that something really bad happens to you and like, wow, that sucks. And then you just find a way to get through it and keep moving forward. And like, that's one of the best compliments I've ever gotten from my peers because that's literally me to a T, you know, like you can't give up. You got to keep pushing through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but segue back because I'm ADHD and obviously you can see I can go off on tangents. Um, <laughs> but pushing back. So, yeah, um, now that I'm home and wrestling full time, um, obviously I'm getting a lot better. So I'm having um, uh, more matches. I'm moving up on the card. And the feud that I had had at the time was with Chris, Le- Chris Nemesis, who was the uh, – no limits champion at the time. And at, he was like our most senior guy at RWC. So it made sense. Um, and so, yeah, we, I think our feud lasted uh, maybe three or four months. It's the date. And, you know, going in, I was like, you know, he's the most senior guy here at RWC. Not sure how this is going to go down, but I know that I'm going to do like everything else. I'm not going to give up. I'm the greatest physique in pro wrestling. So, question about this feud and, and being the greatest physique in pro wrestling. You knew you were getting this. Did you knew, know you were going to kind of get a title opportunity coming up in the future? Yes. So, this this was like, I um, I think I'd have to go back and watch the matches. But I think I had actually either had a like a qualification opportunity that I was successful in or the feud had just went long enough to where I said, all right, dude. Like I've beaten you so and so many times. Okay. So once you once you knew you were going after the title, getting your opportunity to win the No Limits Championship, did you change your training routine, your nutrition, anything? Did you do anything that was you knew was going to help ensure you walked away with the championship? Okay. Okay. In the gym, life, nutrition, everything. That's what I like to hear, man. That's good. I'm saying. He said I went hard. Well, I mean, when you got those big opportunities coming, I mean, <laughs> it's already one thing to be labeled the greatest physique. You already have a standard. Yeah, 100%. But now when you have a championship opportunity, it's like you got to go, you just got to go harder. You know, you might not get that opportunity again. So, like, one of the things that I would do is every single weight that I lifted was the weight that Chris Nemesis Okay, weighed. okay. That's, a, that's, that's insane, man. That's incredible. <laughs> That's so you need to you need to throw Christmas I, around I, like a rag doll at the end of the day, and and it's going to be all right. Absolutely, the squat rack was loaded up with his weight. The bench press, shoulder press, hell, even hey, there you go. Like 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 a batter, like a batter in the uh, on deck circle swinging a bat with a donut on it, make the bat a little heavier. Hundred percent. Yeah, when you get in the batter's box, it's nice and light. Throw knock, that bad boy around. Knock that baby out the park, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, so uh, so we'll kind of walk us through your, Brandon. you know, Chris and Mrs. match a little bit. So you had this feud, you know, cut lined up and you, you challenged for the title. So what comes next with this match? Kind of walk us through it and, and how you walked away champion. So it started off, as you could probably expect, um, we were neck and neck because the feud had built up a little uh, resentment toward, towards each other. Um, it was probably at the time, one of my most difficult matches to date. Uh, like I said, Chris has been wrestling for a while, so he's pretty much seen a lot and he just knows how to, how to counter different things. He knows, 
position himself better than someone as green as I am. So it was like everything that I threw at him, he had an answer for. And it was just getting frustrating until the point where next thing I know, I'm lifting him up and I hit him with my finishing move. I call it the re-rack because I re-rack my opponents like I, like their weight. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> and as soon as the as soon as the ref started counting, next thing I know, I heard a three and I just froze for a second. I was like, wait, what? And next thing I know, I'm standing up and I just had like a burst like, yes, let's freaking go. And I just grabbed the grabbed the championship and immediately started telling the ref, hey, ra- raise my hand, raise my hand. <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's a, so that's incredible. So you were the No Limits champion, uh, Ring Wars Carolina, Flex Simmons, the greatest physique in pro wrestling. That's that's the story for sure. That's awesome. And I think one of the one of the more poetic things about it. So on my Instagram, sometimes when I'm in a feud with people, I like to use the pictures from matches to tell a story. And just I think it was not the match before, maybe it was the match before that, before we had the championship. So two matches before, a fan had caught a picture of me walking off with like my head down because I was angry and had just lost the match that had Chris in it. And I don't remember the match specifically, but I know Chris was in it. And the caption that I had put for it is they love to kick you when you're down, but they're silent whenever you succeed. And as soon as I won that championship, the crowd was silent. <laughs> and it was just like a very well poetic story just told. Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. That's what, you know, I feel like that's a big part of pro wrestling too is it's just, you know, just seeing that story come about and unfold a hundred percent pro wrestling has always been about good stories so so you win the no limits championship you're talking to joey mercury you're kind of seeing what's next for for flex simmons and and what goes from there what happens you know you got this this option to come for a tryout where was the where, where was the tryout at you know we know you were kind of in the dunn fayetteville area in north carolina where'd you go from there the tryout was in the uh, the Baltimore, Maryland area. Okay. Um, which I was nervous about because um, so the tryout was in Baltimore, Maryland, which is where the training dojo is. Um, at the time, that presented a problem because the timing of it was in the same timing that I still didn't have a license. Okay. <laughs> so I ended up having to take a Greyhound bus all the way uh, from Raleigh to uh, Baltimore. Um, And at the time, legal fees are a bitch if you've never had to pay them. And at the time, I was actually paying most of my money to, um, you know, obviously help my mom with the house and everything and pay for groceries. But pretty much the rest of it went to all my legal fees. So I was really tight on money at the time, and I literally spent uh, the last money I had for that weekend on the bus ticket there and back. So I went up there with no money, and I was just like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll figure it out. They see an opportunity like that. You you have to seize it. You have to give it everything you have. Absolutely, and that's essentially what it was. It's like, hey, I may not get another one of these. I'm going all in on myself. And I had heard a lot of success stories like that, which is honestly what influenced me to do it. Because, 
let's be honest, if someone told you to spend your last money to go up to another state to go do something that might not pay off and that's all the details they gave you, you probably wouldn't do it, right? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd certainly question them for sure. <laughs> so, so that happened. Thankfully, I have a great support system. Um, I ended up asking some friends that I knew lived up north. I was like, hey, I was like, you know, if you don't mind, if I could just crash a night or two with you, um, you know, I'll do chores for you. I'll pay you back later, you know, whatever you need. One of them actually used her travel rewards points because she's a, she's a flight attendant and um, booked me a hotel for the whole weekend. And then another one nice. sent me a hundred dollars right. for food over the weekend. Okay. So <laughs> I always like to say that was God's way of looking out for me. Um, but yeah, so um, the, I get there, I check in with Joey, say, Hey, you know, I'm here. I'm at, I'm at this hotel or whatever. And he's like, okay. He's like, I'm going to have this guy come pick you up in the morning. His name's Joe keys. He's really good. You could learn a lot from him. Uh, me and Joe Keys actually, I'd like to say we're good friends. <laughs> Joe might not say the same, but if you ever meet <laughs> Joe, you, that's Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, me and Joe Keys became friends. I uh, met him. He's phenomenal in the ring. Like if I can be half as good as he is, I'll really be the greatest. Um, crap, lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, so he picks me up. And uh, we get there. And as soon as we get there, you know, obviously everybody is there. They're getting in their gear and stuff. But like in my in the back of my head, I'm like, oh man, I'm nervous because <laughs> I only had, like I said, about a year and a half maybe of consistent training now. And after talking to some of these people, they're, you know, they're telling me, you know, they train. Um, a lot longer than me and you know um, just I'm just getting a vibe like crap do I really belong here and that's where some self-doubt started keep creeping in like I was like I said I was just super scared super nervous I'm like I don't want to blow this chance but I really want to impress and I'm just like oh man I'm a, just a huge ball of emotion right now so the way the tryout worked um, was you know they split us up into two groups because there were so many of us um, first day, one group did uh, in-ring drills, and the other group did promos, and the sec and then uh, mini matches after that, where they pick people to wrestle each other. And then um, the second day, we just flip. So if you did promos the first day, you did dr uh, in-ring drills the second day, and then we ended with matches. Um, I was in the promo group the first day, and. Since I was super nervous, I knew I wanted to get mine out of the way early just so I could go ahead and get the bugs and jitters out. So if I remember correctly, I think the people watching our promos was Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman, who commentate for Ring of Honor, um, head referee Todd, and Bubba Ray Dudley was there uh, watching as well. Oh, wow. And... I gave my first promo and I'll never forget this as long as I live. Uh, they gave me all the critiques and Bubba was the last one to give critiques. And he looked at me, he's like, are you nervous? I was like, very much so. He's like, are you scared at all? I was like, a little bit. Yes, sir. He was like, he asked me another question, but I said yes, because it applied. And 
he walked up to me and he made like a gun with his hand and he put it to my head and he said, there's a contract on the ground right there. What are you going to do? And I was like, I would try to go get it. And he's like, then fucking do it. And so after that, I let I let a couple more people go because I just had a Hall of Famer in my face doing that. And I'm just like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> like basically, basically point a gun at you, just yeah, not yeah. actually holding a gun. But I mean, it was yes. it, he, he was trying to give that effect. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So after, um, you know, everybody, we actually got done with our promos early. So I went up to Ian and I said, hey, I want a second chance. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, sir. So uh, they let me go again. Um, this time they had uh, a announcer ask, like, ask me a question as if it was a backstage segment. Um, Amy Rose, she's a really cool person. Um, and I took the critiques that they gave me and I applied them. And you could just tell I was a lot more loose this time. And like it was just one of those things I, I just went as balls to the walls with it as I could. And I'm... I won't necessarily say it was it was night and day difference, but like enough to where they were like, okay, you know, you took the critiques and you applied them. Um, I think that was really pretty much what they were impressed with. Uh, so then the next day, oh, and then we had our matches that day. I don't remember who I faced, but I know the match went, I'd say decent. I wouldn't say it was anything like super crazy that wowed anybody, but obviously, you know, they gave us our critiques. So then the second day, we do the in-ring training. Um, there was a lot of stuff that – or no, 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 there wasn't a lot of stuff that I had done before, but, like, I could just tell I was very inexperienced compared to all the other guys, if that makes sense. Just right. with how smooth that they moved and, you know, how they executed a lot better than I did. Um, so then we had our mini-matches uh, – the second day, and I'll never forget this. Um, so the match that I was in, uh, I made the mistake. In wrestling, they always tell you, if you don't know how to take a move, don't do it. And I had never taken a backbreaker before. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, boy. So I can already <laughs> tell where this I is going. I never taken a backbreaker before. But I was like, screw it, it's a tryout. <laughs> so I took the backbreaker, and I didn't land properly. And next thing I know, as soon as my back hit, I felt what's called a stinger. So, like, there was a tingling going up my spine. And, like, for a good couple seconds, like, I was frozen on the ground and could barely move. And so they, uh, the dude pinned me real quick. And um, there was actually a guy that was wrestling there that was a legit EMT in uh on the civilian side so that was pretty crazy but uh yeah they just determined it was a stinger um obviously the tryout kept going after they made sure i was okay and yeah so later on that night um you know they gave us their fail uh farewell remarks or whatever um i'm packing up my stuff like a lot of the other guys and girls and um I, uh, I didn't find Joey anywhere, but I at least wanted to tell him, you know, hey, you know, I'm at least grateful for the opportunity because my mindset going into the whole weekend was whether I get picked up or not, this is an experience where I'm going to go back and not only am I going to be better, 
but I'm going to be able to push, you know, push the people at RWC to be better. Like I learned a lot that I can fit me. And so, um, I at least, like I said, wanted to tell Joey, thank you. Cause if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been there. Um, but I couldn't find him. So I went and I asked someone, I was like, Hey, have you seen Joey? And they're like, yeah, he's in a meeting. And I think my bus was leaving at midnight. So I maybe had like an hour or two to get there, but I wasn't that far. So I wasn't worried about it. So I'm packing up my stuff and I'm like, okay, well, I guess maybe I'll just call him later and tell him. So then, uh, next thing I know, uh, I hear, Hey flex. And so I turn around they're like, uh, we need to see you in the back. So I'm like, did I do something wrong? Did I piss somebody off? <laughs> um, so then I go back there and there's a group of us, Joey standing there and he's like, okay. He's like, if you're standing in this circle right now, he's like, you've been invited to train at the ring, ring of honor dojo. And in my head, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, did, did, that back, did that backbreaker kill me? And That's I'm awesome. In heaven right now. <laughs> I mean, that must have been pretty surreal just to, like, <laughs> see your idols, you know, Hall of Famers, some of the greatest pro wrestlers to ever step in a ring and just look at you and tell you, hey, you're going to be training in Ring of Honor. That's that's phenomenal. It's, it's like a feeling – it's hard to describe, honestly, because that's one of the things you don't want to do as a wrestler. Like, you see your idols, like, you, you don't want to mark out because that's obviously a bad look if you're that person. Um but you do at least want to like take in the moment, just be like, "Yo, I'm freaking, I'm freaking in the same building as you know Bubba Ray yeah. at the time, you know, because it's the first time I'd ever, I'd ever met him." You know what I mean? Yeah, that's incredible, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we're just like, oh, oh boy, in my head, I'm like, I I want to leave right now, but like I'm frozen because I don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> And he's, uh, Bubba, wow. and Bubba Ray's like, he's holding his he's like, what the fuck, kid? He's like, are you really fucking serious? Like, the whole kid speaks us the whole time. He's like, uh, uh, uh. All right, so, I'm back. <laughs> finally, when, um, finally, when Bubba Ray, like, gets quiet for a second, out of nowhere, he's just like, and that's how you sell, kid. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. All right, Flex, so you, uh, you guys ready? Yep. All right. Three, two, yep. one. All right, Flex, so you kind of get this conditional offer almost, a soft offer for Ring of Honor. You're training the dojo. You're about to board your Greyhound back to, to good old Dunn, North Carolina. What happens next? <laughs> Honestly, when I was there, it's like, I'm sitting at the bus station and it's like 11, 12 at night. And I'm just like, I still can't believe that that just happened. And I even got the offer. So like I've called my mom, I've called my best friend, LJ. I've called, I've called both of my trainers, um, Eddie and hang time. Uh, I've called so many people. Most of them haven't answered because they're asleep. But I'm just like, dude, I got to talk to somebody. Like I can't even believe this is happening right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Finally, one of, them, one of them calls me back and, you know, uh, we have like a mini celebration on the phone. But then I'm just like, you know, reality kind of set in um, once I got on the bus and, you know, I'm just having my thoughts. And I'm just like, all right, now I got to get back to work. Like, had my had my celebration, had my success, but 
I can't go up there. I can't go up there, um, you know, slacking. And one of the things that Joey had told me before I left, because I think around this time I was sitting around 210. I had some pretty good size to me and I was um, really strong. But the downside is um, at the time, the greatest physique did have a little bit of a great gut. <laughs> so uh, one of the things Joey told me, like, I want to see you lose some weight before you get here. And so that's when, even though I was a trainer, I've, I'm always a huge believer in even trainers need trainers for accountability. So I hired somebody that I knew was really good. And I think I dropped, I think I was at 18 at the time. I dropped down to 10% before I got to the dojo. Um, yeah. Like yeah, that's said, pretty incredible. Um, just had to go to work. I knew I that's didn't want nice. to come in there you know, obviously not have lost the weight. I didn't want to come in there like with terrible cardio conditioning and everything. And so I just put in the extra work and next thing I know, December of 2018, I'm now living in the big city of Baltimore and I'm training at the ring of honor dojo. Okay. <clears throat> so what's all awesome. the ring of honor dojo. That's uh that that's remarkable in itself. And that's a huge milestone. So how was how was training at the Ring of Honor Dojo kind of compared to training at Ring Wars Carolina for the first time? Um, you could definitely tell it's a lot different. Okay. Um, it's just one of those things. Um, I think the best way to summarize it was like, if you want to get better, you always have to take yourself to that next level. Like, if I want to go as far in wrestling as I say I want to, then I can't stay at Ring Wars forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, just because, like, there's a ceiling, I'm going to hit there. And that's not taken away from anybody or any training or any wrestlers. It's just, like, once you hit that certain level, you've got to go out and find people better than them and better than you. Because if you're not wrestling or training with people better than you, you're never going to get better. Yeah, the constant pursuit of perfection and bettering yourself, man. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, so it was... It was definitely um, a lot different of experience. Like just within the first week, there was so many new moves and so many uh, transitions and all kinds of things that I learned that I was just like, whoa, my mind is blown. Um, yeah. And like I said. Um, and this was all Joey's, December of 2018, right? Yes. Okay. So this was, yeah, December 2018. And like I told you guys before, um, Joey's a perfectionist just because like, wrestling is his whole life and he just wants it to be good and you to be better. So like, and the dude's like, he's a genius when it comes to psychology and um, just how you do the little things. So even, even the simplest, like taking a headlock, he can give you a dozen critiques just to make a headlock look that much more ferocious and it makes you look better as a result. Okay. Awesome. So just, like I said, little things were the biggest difference that was blowing my mind. Um, I'm learning a lot of different moves. Uh, eventually, uh, now the coaches that are there are Will Ferrara. He's been there the whole time. Will Ferrara and Jonathan Gresham. Um, hey. <laughs> hey, that's me. Jonathan Gresham for Ring of Honor. How about that? <laughs> 
So, um, I've been following yeah, yeah, your, your kind of career for, for the I, I can't wrestle. I first saw you wrestle in, in Ring Wars Carolina. I've kind of watched the transition through Ring of Honor. And one of the first matches I saw you had in Ring of Honor was you and Brian Johnson against Rayo and Vinny. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was uh, around like probably the last week of March. And it was yep. it was the road to the G1 Supercard, which is a huge, you know, kind of pay-per-view professional, you know, show put on between New Japan and Ring of Honor. Uh, can, you know, I'm sure you remember this match. Can you kind of walk oh, us through your emotion? Was this your first match in Ring of Honor? Yeah, so it was actually, um, it was a dark match. Okay. Um, so obviously we weren't on the actual live tape show, but um, just still being able to debut for Ring of Honor and to be able to be in front of the crowd is was definitely an honor, no pun intended, in itself. Um, yeah, first of all, if you ever meet Brian Johnson or you get the ability to watch him in a match, Brian Johnson is another – I tell him all the time he's a wrestling encyclopedia. Like, you could ask him, hey, what are some matches you think I should study? And he'll be asked, what do you want? And the next thing you know, he's popping off, like, six different matches from six different eras for you to watch. And he's just like that guy. Like, he's so good. Every little thing he does. I love Brian Johnson to death. He's one of my best friends. Okay. So – uh, they come up to us after we'd set up the ring and everything, and they're like, hey, Flex, it's going to be you and Brian Johnson versus Vinny and Ryo. And so I'm like, like now I'm I'm super nervous because I'm excited that I get my first match, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I can't mess this up. You know? Like, now the pressure's on because you want to look good. You know, you want more opportunities in the future. And so, you know, I'm talking with Brian, we're going over it. And it actually got to a point, he's like, flex, take a deep breath and relax. It's going to be fine. He's like, stop stressing so much about it. We're going to go out there and we're going to crush it. And I just had, like I said, I just had to take that deep breath and relax because I'm an overthinker. So I'm literally thinking, overthinking every single thing that I could screw up or do wrong. And you know, he finally just gave me that that gut check, like, dude, chill out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like all that hard work and kind of just the grind and the, the, the steps that you've had to take. I mean, you you've definitely kind of developed, it seems like, that kind of perfectionist mentality where any any little slip is going to be the, the step that somebody else gets on me. And you kind of refuse to, to give up those slips and those steps. Have, have that you people been following me around you. my whole life? Like, that was me to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm really enjoying the conversation. But, you know, again, reading the bios, kind of Brandon sent a couple of matches over, just trying to find anything on, on YouTube and Google. Um, just trying to get a kind of feel for, for how your story is going. But, I mean, that's, 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 that's my take on it so take. Far. I tend to – and, like again, going back to Brian, Brian tells me all the time, he's like, you are really way too hard on yourself. And it's just – I feel like the harder I am on myself, the less hard others have to be on me. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, I can understand um, that too. If I really push myself – you know, squeeze out those extra reps every time I'm in the gym or um, every single match, like make, try to make sure everything's as crisp and looks as great as it can every single time. Then eventually, like, even if it doesn't look great to others, like eventually it's going to start looking better and better. But if I approach it with, uh, right. oh, you know, well, it'll be okay if this happens or if like, if I don't approach it 
with as much pressure, then I feel like it's going to look like crap. And then that's going to be, like you said, the deciding factor of, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling flex. Let's go with this guy. So you had this, right. so you had this big match ring of honor, kind of your first debut match, you know, this was, this was almost a, you know, a little, little over a year ago. So where are you at now? We know this whole coronavirus thing has kind of put a wrench in, in all sports. So kind of where are you at now? Where are you at today? Um, well, obviously I still live in Baltimore. I'm still training at the ring of honor dojo, although because of COVID there hasn't been any training. Yeah. <laughs> um, so y'all doing any training yeah, at the dojo no, at all right the now? The dojo is no training at all. Um, ring of honor. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. I think they've actually everything up until, up until May. Don't quote me on that necessarily. Cause I could be wrong. It's either May or June. Um, there's no shows right now just to kind of see going forward how all this mess goes. Yeah, it looks like the next uh, thing they got right now on the upcoming live events is June 5th yeah. down in Dallas. Yeah, I, I, know, um, I know some guys uh, from the dojo had went up to uh, help out at the Vegas show, and next thing I know, you know, you see Ring of Honor saying, sorry, we actually canceled the show because of it. So yeah. Wow. So how are you? Um, what's kind of your workout regimen right now? I mean, kind of how are you staying in ring shape during this time? Because you know, it sounds sounds like they already kind of have a plan to get back to normalcy in June, hopefully. Um, so so how are you yeah, dealing so, with that right um, now? That's where being a personal trainer comes into play. Um, if I wasn't a personal trainer, I think it would be a lot harder. Um, I also just shameless plug. Um, I don't know if you know who Joe DeFranco is. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so I'm actually one of his uh, CPPS strength coaches. I took his certification last October when he hosted it at the WWE Performance Center. Um, that is probably one of the the biggest tools in my personal training belt that I have just because he's like a genius of personal training. And he's been doing it for so long. So I learned a lot that I actually apply to my own programming. Um, and there's no substitute for in-ring shape. Um, like, obviously, you can improve your conditioning and increase your cardio endurance. But if you're not actually running the ropes and in the ring, like, like there's no substitute you can do for that, if that makes sense. Like, you have to be in the ring to get better cardio and better <laughs> in-ring shape. So with no rings to train in currently, pretty much I'm just sticking to a lot of um, higher intensity um, cardio circuits just to, you know, at least try to somewhat keep my endurance up and increase my output. Um, A lot of volume at the house. So I know um, every single day I'll pick five or six body parts that I know uh, I tend to slack on more than others, and I'll uh, have myself hit 100 to 200 reps just to keep the volume and the frequency up. And then, obviously, I design a workout of the day for myself that includes all of that. So that's my personal way. Um, we'll see how much it pays off when we actually do get back. <laughs> so, you know, Ring of Honor is kind of taking a, a quick pause with covid you're, you're at the house, you're crushing it, you're have your own at-home workout plan. So what do you see is next for Flex Simmons? 
Um, like, what's the goals? What's the dreams? What's the ambitions? Like, where do you see Flex Simmons hanging up the boots at the end of a career? Oh man, <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty big question. I know. So when I first got to Ring of Honor, um, they obviously my dream since I was a kid is to get signed by WWE. So I do want that to happen one day. And when I got to Ring of Honor, like not to downplay them, but since that was like, since that's always been my goal, like obviously that's the biggest thing. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be like a stepping stone to WWE. Yeah. Um, but the more and more I've been training yeah. there and the more and more I've been, you know, growing my relationships with the people in the locker room and, you know, my friends at the dojo and just seeing like the opportunities that I do have here, you know, it kind of just made me have that self-reflection in the mirror. I was like, you know, instead of focusing on the future when you're here now, why don't you focus on getting as good as you can here? And you know, that'll transition over into what you want to do in the future. So I'd have to say my immediate goal is that I want to get signed by ring of honor and I would honestly love to hold the Ring of Honor World Championship. Okay, hey, that's a, that's a that's a hell of a goal, man. That's that's something we like to hear. That's awesome. So we we and that would yes, definitely 100%. put you well on your way to being signed. So we we've, we've covered a ton, Flex. We've kind of learned who Flex is, why he became who he is, kind of the journey you've made. Now we're just gonna kind of just have some fun some fun talk now, uh, and just kind of kind of go from there. Um, you know, WrestleMania happened recently. Kind of just run us through a couple thoughts and matches that you just loved, that you just really appreciated, that kind of maybe even re re you know sparked your love for professional wrestling in a different sense or so. I will personally say I know there was a lot of hate about them doing it in front of an empty crowd, but for the shitty hand that they were dealt. I personally say that WWE over Oh, I mean, coming from just just a fan perspective, man, I, I thought the same thing. The first match, I, oh, yeah. it took me the first match to get into it. But halfway through the first match, I forgot there was no fans, and and I loved it. Like watching watching the uh, Kubuka Warriors versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, yep. and, and watching Oscar yell in Japanese. Like the crowd was still there. Like it was, it fired me up. I was like, dude, like I don't even care if there's a crowd or not. Like these performers are still showing up. They're still putting on as good of a show, if not better, than they normally would have put on. And I, I had no complaints about no one being there. Amen. And I agree with that. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I've pretty much had in the back of my mind is like, you know, it's one of those things like count your blessings. Like there could be no wrestling at all going on right now. Like AEW could have said, screw that. You know, we're going to wait till COVID's done. WWE could have said that. Even even Ring of Honor and Impact, they could have said like, oh, you know, we're not going to worry about putting out content. But like all these companies are working as hard as they can to continue to produce content so that people can still have that. Escape. Yeah. And to me, that speaks volumes about every single company. You know, oh, I 100 percent agree. Like, it, it, it literally could be no wrestling right now. Yeah, I was gonna say I really, I really like what a lot of a lot of places are doing. Um, I know WWE is now offering, I believe, the vault is now open to everybody and anybody. 
um, what was it? There was some, there was, there's, there's so many sports companies and sports um, associations that are just like basically opening up all everything that you could want. You know, if you, if you normally have to pay to get it, or if you, um, if you have to be a member to view certain things, like they're just opening all that up to everybody. Come, please come watch, come listen, you know, do whatever. And it's, it's really cool to see the sports world all come together and just kind of go, let's yeah, entertain the these people. The day, what these people that, need something like, I don't care what anybody says. That's going to create fans more than it's going to push fans. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, all of these companies, wrestling as a whole is going to benefit just because they're all taking that initiative to say, hey, let's keep giving people stuff because at least we can give people that escape that we normally do when we're having a live event anyway. Because that's what wrestling does. You escape and you forget about the world while while wrestlers entertain you. Yeah. So, so back to WrestleMania. Right. I know night one there was yep. this uh, there was this match on. A lot of people were haters. A lot of people thought it was great. Uh, but just reading online, a lot of the a lot of the comments I saw were kind of negative. Um, I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. The Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. My personal opinion, Dude. man, I thought it was. I loved it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of a kind of backyard horror movie brawl between the undertaker and AJ and like, I felt like they, they vibed really well together. I had a great time and it really showed just how, how well undertaker and AJ can wrestle in a different environment. It was something fun. Like they couldn't have done that. at WrestleMania regularly. Cause there would have been fans and that wouldn't have worked out, but I thought it was great. What were your thoughts on that? I couldn't have said any better myself. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> like, like, and I've seen, like you said, I've seen online people are like, oh, you know, it's more of like a small movie, um, you know, but there's also a lot of people that are starting to see like, my take on it is that in the right context, like this was a good context for a cinematic match to thrive. Yeah, and obviously, if you had cinematic matches every every single match versus having that um that live match when things get back to normal, it's not going to really register as well, but with the right story and the right context and the right place, right time, you know, just like the undertaker and AJ styles, like it's going to do well. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if you saw online, but, um, it took over eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. For them to it took film that bit. over eight hours. I also saw that everything they said during the match was improvised on the spot. They just kind of said what they wanted. There was no, uh, you know, they just kind of dug deep and and they put their true raw emotion into that match. And and to me, at its core, that's that's a big part of what wrestling is is storytelling. And that's exactly what. And I think is. people often overlook that when it comes to a match like this. And the same with the Bray Wyatt John Cena match. That that was nothing but just a cinematic adventure of John Cena and Bray Wyatt and wrestling as a whole. And I think people can't sometimes step back and and realize like the story and the beauty of wrestling doesn't always have to be in a ring, but it's about the, the entire product that we get and truly telling a story outside of, of the squared circle at the end of the day. Yep. The E stands for entertainment. Hey, that's it, man. I think people forget about that. (laughs) There's, there's a video. If you search the name, uh, yep. Uh, Mike Quackenbush, he has a video where he's actually doing a live speech, and that's one of the things he touches on. He's like, when you crack open a Harry Potter book, 
or you go and uh, you check your ticket to see the latest Marvel movie, you check your disbelief at the door, and in exchange, you um, you trust that you'll be provided with that escapist experience. Yeah, and you know and I, mean? I think that's something people oftentimes forget in professional wrestling. Like when I'm watching wrestling, like I'm invested. There's you know, and, and people all day can say, hey, like wrestling is has this you know kind of predetermined disposition or it's kind of whatever's happening and and to me when i when i turn on the tv when i'm at a live event when i'm watching wrestling i am invested and to me what happens happens like there is none of this it's the storyline it's the wrestling i I don't care what was predetermined what wasn't like i'm i'm in 100 i think people oftentimes forget that that's how wrestling needs to be no i 100 agree like i tell people all the time like um if i if they either find out I'm a pro wrestler or I tell them and they say, Oh, you do that fake stuff. And I'm just like, if you actually give wrestling the opportunity to entertain you and you look at it through the lens of what it's supposed to be like, you'll love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell people all the time that say it's fake. I go, so you're going to tell me that mankind jumping off the top of a hell in a hell in a cell onto a <laughs> announcer table. You're going to tell me that's fake. <laughs> He didn't fake that. <laughs> I mean, these guys literally beat the hell out of their, you know, each other week in and week out. I mean, I I don't see anything fake about it. Okay, yeah, they may not be taking kicks straight to the head, but you know what? That, you know, belly suplex <laughs> yeah, still <guys>. fucking hurts. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, oh, man, yeah, you guys hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, so that, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm glad we're all on the same page and kind of understanding of what our thoughts are in pro wrestling. Is there anything else you kind of want to touch on at WrestleMania? Uh, the Firefly Funhouse. I so after I watched the the um, the Boneyard match in my head, I'm like, okay, they're gonna have to bring it to top that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because that was just so well done. And so once I watched the Firefly Funhouse, it was like at the end, I was like, yo. They brought it now. Yeah, and that that match was truly a story. (laughs) I can't even express, like, at the end of it, I was good. I was done. I was like, you know, I'm just happy with what they put out. Yes. Yes. And I just love, like, like, there's a lot of people, just like you said, that I've seen. They're like, oh, this is stupid. It pretty much was just like uh, some random horror movie. And I'm like, if you actually think about the details of it, like, it was literally John Cena's entire career and arguably what he deemed to be his failure. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I read an article online talking about when uh, Bray Wyatt and John Cena wrestled at, uh, I think it was a WrestleMania before, and how John Cena kind of went over and, and how that put changed the the timeline of and kind of the path of Bray Wyatt's career. And and I think that story also kind of told a little bit about that and, and how Bray Wyatt is almost making a full circle now and kind of closing that chapter on that really kind of just different path of his career. What it could have been, had he beat John Cena, what would have happened? And, and I think it, it really intertwined their two careers really well. A hundred percent. I think one of my favorite matches, though, if I from and uh, the wrestling part of it, I loved the Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair match. Like the aggression, the the storytelling, how they like 
it looked like they were actually there to fight each other. Yeah, and and when I watched that match, and like I tell everyone, like it's arguable that Charlotte Flair is the best, if not one of the best women wrestler in the world. Um, and and anything she puts on is, I'm I'm down for watch any match she wants. And Rhea Ripley, like I love watching her wrestle and just seeing seeing their chemistry in a ring was something that I I honestly wasn't sure how that was going to go because I hadn't really seen them do a lot together, but watching them together, I, I was just, I was thrilled. I was at the edge of my seat and I was, I honestly, I had no idea what was going to happen next. Yeah. There were, uh, there were a lot of good um, female matches. We talked about that in the last podcast that female athletes have gotten in, in wrestling, especially have gotten a lot better and the wrestling has gotten a lot better. The storylines are really good. They're not like, it seemed like, I don't know if maybe it was because times have changed now, as we all know, but like back then it just seemed like the storylines weren't that good for female wrestling. They just didn't, it, it was almost like maybe they weren't putting in the time, but now it seems like they're really putting in the time. Like the whole Becky Lynch story is really cool. Um, I, I actually remember watching her in NXT um so seeing her get to where she's at is pretty cool to see so like like you said and then charlotte flair i mean she's an athlete and a great wrestler so i mean seeing these females come out and do really really cool things and and Absolutely. really really great things so uh, we've touched you know wrestlemania you know we i think we're all in agreement that was a fun event that was great um kind of what we wanted for that match at this time when other sports are going on so the big loaded question flex my man, give us a dream opponent. If you had to wrestle one man, dead or alive, doesn't matter who it is, or woman, it could be whatever. It could be a triple threat. It could be a fatal uh, fatal four-way. It could be an elimination chamber. It could be, I don't care what it is, man. Tell us what your dream match is, the person you've always wanted to step in the ring with. If I had to pick one person, it would be the person that made me fall in love with wrestling, Stone Cold. Okay, okay. Hey, dude, that, that, I, I respect that. Yeah. Nice. So, in that's a good So, choice. Stone Cold, because he made you, is he also your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, oh Stone Cold. 100%. Okay. What about your favorite current day wrestler that's not named Flex Simmons? <laughs> that was good. You beat me to it. Um, <laughs> I'm really, really, really kin um, to Pete Dunne. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, from okay. WWE UK. Yeah, I'm really kin to him. Um, I think honestly, just because he kind of, I would well mirrors somewhat that that badass brawler mentality that Stone Cold has, and I think that's kind of what draws me to him. But just everything Pete Dunne does, like the little things, I always see are just so consistent and done well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree. Well, that pretty much wraps up our, our time of Flex. We've been here for a bit. And we've kind of heard the Flex story. Is there anything else you want to add on, my man, Flex? Or anything else you want to give a shout-out to? Kind of hit us with your social media handles. Let people know what they are so they can follow you and see. So on Facebook, we have simply Flex Simmons. Uh, there's the fan account, and there's also an actual account that I'll post different content on both. Um, Twitter is the... Flex Simmons, all one word. And then Instagram is Flex Simmons underscore. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And that pretty much wraps us up, man. Is there anything else you want to say? Yeah. I got something to say. Okay. The greatest physique in professional wrestling.
as challenging the sports project to a Madden tournament. Oh, I don't. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? You know what? John, <laughs> do you guys accept this? Hey. Hands on, uh, on our man Flex. All right. Hey, if anyone hey, wants man, to, let's to do jump it. in, kind of show Flex what's really up, see if his thumbs yeah. is really up to par, shoot us a message, let us know on social media, and kind of just let us know if you're trying to hop in. The greatest physique is also the greatest Madden player, and you're about to go down, son. <laughs> yeah, guys. You can sign up on any of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Hit us up. Sign up. Um, we're going to get this thing going. We're going to have this little Madden tournament. And don't forget Patreon. You sign up on the $5 tier, you'll get first pick in teams, number one draft pick, and you'll have the best shot to win this thing. You get our surprise gift package. Also, coming up soon, we're dropping a new episode. Kind of some things happen in the sports world. But then the big episode series coming up next, our first multi-part series is going to be on the last dance with the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Tune in. You do not want to miss this. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Looking forward to it. Um, episode one and two, um, you know, going to start with those. And uh, what is it? It's a 10-part series, something like that. So Yeah, it's going to uh, be over be- five weeks. It's going to be episodes one and two the first night. Then keep going from there. Every Sunday night, tune in. We'll have the episodes ready for you. Yep, yep. It's going to be a good time. So y'all look out for those. And uh, y'all keep following. You just listen to the Sports Project. Thank you.